Good evening, grave robbers, and welcome back to the television graveyard. We are your TV necromancers, Lara Prince and Noah Houlihan. We have come here tonight to examine the spirits of past television shows or events to find out which ones could be resurrected, should be resurrected, and which one should stay doomed. This is a podcast in which we will analyze the history, the hype, and the aftermath of shows that ran only one season, or only one episode, or were really popular on social media. With me, as always, is TV's Noah Houlihan. Nick, 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 Nickelodeon. Where only kids win. Where only kids win! You didn't, you didn't do it, because if you ever watch any of them, they yell it in that exact panicked, frenzied mm-hmm. tone. Yes, indeed. Today we are doing Nickelodeon giveaways. Yes. So, a uh, quick explanation of what happened here. We uh, have a Patreon. If you haven't heard us plug that before, we have a Patreon and uh, we do a show called The Crowd Fun Crypt, where you get a bonus episode if you join our Patreon. And our patrons get to vote on what we cover. Mm-hmm. Well, we had this brutal tie that we could not break between. Nickelodeon giveaways and the CW show Killer Camp, which has ran only one season so far, but season two comes out this year. It's literally filming now. Currently, right. And we kept trying to break this tie, and it just kept being a tie. So we decided we will do both, but we really don't have time to do two bonus episodes and four episodes a month. On various TV shows. So we decided for the sake of time, we would do one as a crowdfund crypt episode and one as an actual episode of Stay Doomed. So out of the two, Killer Camp does not really qualify at all for for Stay Doomed. Despite the... I mean, it is a TV show that ran one season, but season two is coming. Yeah, it, it's like... It's not even like they've announced it. Like, it's cast, it's filming... Like, it's happening. The Nickelodeon giveaways, I mean, if you take all of them, they're about the length of one season of television. And there is a game show, actually two game shows we we plan to talk about here today, that happened exactly once. Mm -hmm. So it seemed like a better fit. So today on Stay Doomed, we are going to look back at the various giveaways. Not game shows, but giveaways they did on... The only channel where only kids win, Nickelodeon. Where only kids win! I think it's funny that every time it's just that, that tone of like, ah! But first, we gotta pour one out. Oh, we should totally pour one out. I'm glad we took pictures before this because they've melted somewhat. Mm-hmm. And now they kind of just look like crimes against God. Yes. Uh, so I have. We went to Rita's Water Ice because Rita's Water Ice is currently allowing you to get um, <laughs> ice cream, water ice, concrete, which is a weird thing that they make, gelatis and blendinis mm-hmm. with Nickelodeon slime. Yep. So I got a... Swedish fish and vanilla gelati with Nickelodeon slime. And uh, I just 
threw a shot of vodka over it. And it was interesting. It's melted now, but when I originally moved it into the pint glass here, because of how a gelati is shaped, the bottom of the glass was actually empty because it had sealed and made an empty pocket. Oh, I noticed that when you were doing it. It made me laugh. Uh, And I call it, I don't know, (laughs) slime. Um... I, Which I just want to say, I always found this like little tidbit interesting about Nickelodeon. Nickelodeon is known for slime. And the rule was, if you said, I don't know, you got slimed. That comes from You Can't, can't Do, do that, that on, on television, television, which is a show that they imported from Canada and was not originally a Nickelodeon show. Yeah. So their identity is based off of something they didn't create. Yep. Just thought that was interesting. American colonialism. Uh, I have a watermelon chip and twist gelati with uh, Nickelodeon slime, which you can barely see at this point because mm-hmm. mine is melted into... Um, I know this is not what a concrete is, but mine currently looks like concrete. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also did get to sample the slime itself Yes, at the Rita's because I was trying to make an educated decision on what mixed well with it. The answer is nothing. <laughs> um, the review on the slime alone, because you guys want to know. Yeah. It tastes like green and not found in nature. Yeah. Like it is, it's sugar with green. Yeah. They were saying it was marshmallowy and I don't know if I would call it marshmallowy. I got marshmallow off it. But meant like it's, it's slimy. It's definitely like that marshmallow topping. Mm-hmm. Like it doesn't taste like a marshmallow like out of a bag. Right. It tastes, and it doesn't taste like marshmallow fluff. Mm-hmm. It tastes like the marshmallow um, semi-liquid slush you get as a um, an ice cream topping. Yeah, and it's very much like a goo. Oh, it is definitely. It's, it, it is a slime. For, for my friends who worked at any kind of ice cream joint, it is the marshmallow sauce that you put on stuff, just green. Okay. It's definitely that consistency. We, I used to hate making sundaes with the marshmallow sauce because it did stick to everything and yeah. it was hard to work with and nobody liked it. Right. So actually, you know what? I think a good place to start is uh, where I experienced a Nickelodeon giveaway because I toured Nickelodeon Studios. Oh! Have you, did you ever get to tour Nickelodeon Studios? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I did. Yeah? Yeah. So... We didn't go to MGM back when it was MGM. So that you could tour Nickelodeon Studios? And it was literally the only part of the day I didn't hate. Oh, really? Oh, I did not care for... I was a little young for Universal. Right. The rides were much scarier than Disney. So the only parts of the day I didn't hate were Back to the Future of the Ride and Touring Nick Studios. Really? Not even Hanna-Barbera? I don't think we went to that. Oh. I kind of remember it being next to Nickelodeon Studios, where you saved Elroy Jetson. I don't think that was open when I went. Uh, maybe. I, this, um, I went, I'll tell you, in uh, early 96, right around Valentine's Day. Okay. I remember seeing ads for the Casper movie. Oh, interesting. Which is why I remember it's 96 off the top of my head. Wow. Uh, So when I toured Nickelodeon Studios, what I remember is the first thing I saw was a giant Stick Stickly. And I was like, oh, Stick Stickly, I love you. Uh, And then they did like a Nickelodeon show. And you you made your way through. You you saw kind of like a sound stage where they were filming something. I think it was something for like Nick Gas when I was there. Yeah. Then there was like a kitchen, and you went through, and they were making the slime. It was the whole bit, 
and they were like, we need a volunteer to uh, taste the slime. Now, I had been given the advice that if you taste slime, they won't pick you to get slimed later in the tour. So I purposely didn't uh, raise my hand. Okay. And they picked this little kid. And they were like, all right, you, you're, what's your name? And then there was a little guy who was like, ah, it's Justin. He's like, okay, are you going to taste slime? He's like, oh, okay. And then they put it on a spoon and they gave it to him and he cried. He's like, I don't want to do it. Aww. Then we, we played, like, y- you sat in the audience and they separated you from your parents. Like, kids sat in one section and parents sat in the other. I remember this. Did you go through this? Yeah. Uh, and then they would play games. And I remember there was a Rugrats game we played. And there was an Angry Beavers game. And part of the Angry Beavers game was you had to, uh, like, hand off a log that actually went through the audience. So you kind of did get to play even if you weren't selected. And then the big prize was someone got slimed. So that's the giveaway I experienced was someone getting slimed. Okay. And I have to bring this up. Do you know what Nickelodeon slime is? I do. That's why I giggled when you wrote. Yeah. I thought this was going to end with you getting slimed and finding out. No. The I, hard way. I, I, found, I feel like I found out that day, but not until after when I was like trying desperately. And to this get was right after, like, I'm realizing knowing your life better than our. This was right after the trauma you sustained. Yes. Uh, so I have a phobia of applesauce. And uh, it actually started on the train to Florida. Yeah. That I started having this like weird phobia. Uh, that's what Nickelodeon slime is. It's applesauce dyed green. Mm-hmm. That's why it looks so like slimy. Uh, so had I been slimed, I probably would have had a traumatic reaction to Nickelodeon for the rest of my life. Yes. And that's hilarious. W- what was your experience during the tour? Um, Do you remember anything? I don't remember a lot because I was... I believe seven years old. Mm -hmm. So I was a little younger than you were when this happened. And I just remember like they let us through and we could see where they were filming. Like my parents didn't want to stop and watch anything be filmed. Right. And if you've ever seen the gif from the movie, the help of the baby, like, like pummeling the window with her fist sobbing. I have not. That was me over them filming Legends of the Hidden Temple. Like, let me in! (laughs) I want to go to there! And somewhere, I actually just tried to pull it up on my computer because I thought maybe I had it on my computer. Yeah. There is a doctored Nickelodeon magazine cover with me on it. Oh, really? Yeah, my parents did spring for that. That's way cool. Because that used to be a big souvenir Mm -hmm. when you didn't have Photoshop at your house. Yeah. Of the doctored magazine cover that you would frame in your house and be like, I was a Nickelodeon magazine. Yeah. I had a Nickelodeon Studios t-shirt that looked like it had been slimed. Like it, it was like green slime and then the orange logo. I had a, I, um, I used to have a Nickelodeon Studios tour t-shirt. Yeah. I also still have one, but it's a different one. I look, I bought one not long ago offline. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I also had one when I was a kid. That's cool. I essentially did the thing where you rebuy a piece of clothing you owned as a child mm-hmm. in a size you can now wear as an adult. Yeah, that makes sense. 
So I yeah, I loved Nick Studios. I thought it was so much fun. Yes, it's it's a missing piece of theme park lore is now the fact that that's the Blue Man Group instead of Nickelodeon Studios. Yeah, and people are still just so mad about it. Yeah, I am. I'm mad. Pretty mad about it. And like, ugh. Because when, when we went to Universal a couple years ago, I really was like, I can't believe they don't have some kind of deal with Nickelodeon to even put like a themed store in. Yeah. Because they something. have SpongeBob stuff. Yeah, they have the like... To save Bikini Bottom Ride or whatever. And I think they have, like, a store. Yeah. But I was like, you'd think they'd just put in, like, a... Because they... Uh, last year was the 30th anniversary of Universal Studios Florida, and they did a whole run of merch. Right. Weird question, but I don't, I don't think this is accurate, but was Nickelodeon Studios also the Impact Zone? So, it's interesting. The, um, the queue line for Nickelodeon Studios is currently... Or was used for TNA. Oh, okay. So that was the impact zone. Yeah, it was uh, where they would film. It's where they would line people up Mm -hmm. because they were in adjacent buildings. Gotcha. Okay. So, yeah, a a lot of things I like were filmed in Universal Studios. Yeah. It was not technically owned by Nickelodeon Studios, and only one thing from Nickelodeon was filmed in the impact zone. Can I guess? Sure. Is it Fred the movie? No. Okay. It is It is an old school Nickelodeon joint. Oh, then what? Uh, what do you think needed the biggest space? I, I would say Legends of the Hidden Temple, because it needed the temple. No. It would need... Oh. The because... glowing piece of the awesome rock. The yeah. aggro crag. The aggro crag's pretty big, too. Yeah, it was Global Guts would film in that soundstage. Interesting. I did not know that. Soundstage 21. So now that we've gotten the, the, our personal experiences out of the way, let's jump into these different giveaways. And let's start with the one probably everyone's thinking of. Let's start with the Super Toy Run. These are empty shopping carts. Nickelodeon, Toys R Us, and Captain Crunch are giving someone five minutes to fill them with toys and keep it all. And it could be you. Announcing the 1986 Toys R Us Nickelodeon Super Toy Run. Sponsored by Toys R Us and Captain Crunch. Enter and win and we'll set you free for five minutes in a Toys R Us. Five minutes to grab every toy you want and keep every toy you grab. Plus, you'll get to pick $500 worth of toys for your friends. To enter, fill out an entry blank at any Toys R Us. Or put your name, address, age, and phone number on a postcard. And send it to Toys R Us Nickelodeon Super Toy Run. GPO Box 2726, New York New York 10116. 25 second prize winners get a $25 Toys R Us gift certificate. 53rd prize winners get a $5 Toys R Us gift certificate, a Toys R Us magazine, and a coupon for a free box of Captain Crunch cereal. Enter and win the 1986 Super Toy Run from Captain Crunch, Toys R Us, and Nickelodeon, the place where only kids win. Yeah, we actually we found some really good information because somebody did an AMA a few years ago mm-hmm. about winning. And I was taken aback during my research how benevolent this giveaway really was. Well, yeah, let's explain what it is. Yes. Basically, uh, you had to send in a postcard, or this one I think you could also enter at Toys R Us usually. Yes, there was a, like, there was a box at the Toys R Us that you could stuff, because you could stuff it. Yeah. Like, if your mom was in line... You could just fill out as many of them as you could yeah. and shove them in. Shove them all in there, which is a thing I never thought of. Because I know I entered this at a Toys R Us once. But uh, 
Believe it or not, I never won. Oh, I, I, I tried to stuff it. Oh, did you? Yeah. They could have pulled my name. My handwriting was so bad when I was a kid. They would have thrown it away and been like, this isn't really. Yes. <laughs> they, someone tried, I guess. Uh, and uh, basically what it was is if you won, you would get to go to uh, your local Toys R Us and you would have five minutes to run through the store. And anything you threw in the cart was yours to keep. Mm-hmm. This was the Nickelodeon Super Toy Run. Also, anything you successfully knocked on the floor. What? Mm-hmm. If you knocked it on the floor, you got to keep it. Interesting. Uh, they also, the night before, uh, the host would take the kid through the Toys R Us to case the joint. Nice. Like it was a heist. And the Toys R Us would actually rearrange the store based on the whims of the child. Wow. In this AMA from the 1995 winner, they completely transformed the Barbie aisle into an action figure aisle to keep the things he wanted closer together. Oh, wow. So... He didn't want any Barbies, huh? uh, He got a Barbie Range Rover for his sister. And when I say Range Rover, I mean like the Hot Wheels. I don't mean like a car for Barbie. I mean, you mean the Power Wheels. Yeah. I mean the Barbie car for the girl. Yes. And the way this also worked is the, there were usually two runs. There was a shorter run because the winner would be decided by which gender sent in more. Now, was this every year or was this just one year? There were some years where there was a second run. Okay. But if boys sent in more, the winner would be male. Interesting. If if girls sent in more, the winner would be female. Okay. Which is really interesting. And it also kind of had this like boys versus girls. And I guess it was also if, you know, a few boys in a row won. Right. They had, they could pull a girl so that it didn't look like only boys ever won. Right. Like I'm sure you could game that. Yeah. yeah. So uh, in the 1995 one, which is the one we have the most information on. Uh, the host was Mike O'Malley. Yes. So just imagine Mike O'Malley taking like a seven-year-old boy around a Toys R Us to case the joint. Yeah. This so is the heist look- movie I want to see. What are you looking to get? Because th- there's also a few things where it's very clear during the run that you could grab a ticket and it represented you getting it. Yes. Like the bicycle. And the power wheels. And the power wheels. And it also kind of looked like the video games. Like, it looked like they didn't want you just, like, dumping Nintendos into your cart. So you grabbed a ticket. For the consoles, yes. Yeah. For the games themselves, I think you could grab the boxes. Okay. Because the games were not as fragile. Right, right. And if you knocked it... Or they might have done the empty box idea, like the video store style. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense, too. Because too many tickets doesn't make for good TV. No, 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 no. So I think they wanted to keep the tickets down to a minimum. But we watched this particular Super Toy Run, and it at the end, Michael Malley says, like, a ridiculous number of, of <laughs> what his prizes are worth. This glory, anything else you want to say to that camera? Thanks, Nicolai. You're really the only place where kids win. $10,600. Yeah. If like five minutes to rack up 10 grand, 
Damn. Well, he got like a couple hockey sticks, a Power Wheels. Yeah. But and remember, video game stuff for the neighbor's kid. Yeah, he said like he did hook up his two like best friends and his two sisters. Yeah, which is super considerate. I bet it would have been really hard to come home and... uh, I didn't get anything for you. So, I I just want to point out that in 2021 dollars, that's $18,500. That's that's insane. Yeah, I I wanted to kind of bring up like what that equals in now. Because I want to point out the value of this giveaway because... In doing the research on these giveaways, the value of the prizes is so unbelievably low for every other giveaway. Oh yeah, that it's so surprising to be like, yeah, this is a ten oh, a ten thousand plus dollar prize. Because like the prize is ten thousand mm-hmm. dollars, but the financial infrastructure that would have had to go into place of like, you know, you had to pay the people who would. Rearrange the story. You had to pay mm-hmm. Michael Malley. Like it always boggled my mind that this was never a half-hour TV show. Yeah, I always thought it was weird that we didn't see like more of the Super Toy Run. Because I remember now as a kid thinking, like getting up and thinking I had just missed it because it was Michael Malley being like, "He got this much money." That's the Super Toy Run. We'll see you next time. And I thought I had caught the end of a half-hour show. Yeah. But no, like, all that was created out of these were, like, three... Not even, probably. Like, something that existed in commercial breaks. Yeah. So, like, a minute and a half. Like, 90 seconds. And what's... I Part of me wonders if there's a legality issue, because there were a lot of rules in the 90s about uh, toy commercial... TV shows. Oh. In the post-G.I. Joe Transformers world. Oh, okay. Uh, There were a lot of problems in the 80s with the toy commercial TV shows. Yeah. And parents started to get mad about how their children were being advertised to, and there started to be more rules in the 90s. So I'm wondering if that's why there wasn't one, because it could have... It's technically a Toys R Us ad. Yeah, okay. Like, when you think about... It costs... Let's let's double how much uh, Moose, the young gentleman who we're talking about here. Um, his name is Moose? His last name was Moose, but he oh, went okay. by Moose. And let's double what he won, and then it cost them another $10,000 to like get everything moving. $20,000 for months of ads and a campaign we talk about 30 years later. Yes, that's true. Uh, that's a song. Now, if memory serves, uh, there was a few years it wasn't at Toys R Us. Yeah. There was a few years where it was at KB Toy Stores. Yes. Or Kid Biz or something like that. Yeah. And uh, the, the other content I remember being made out of this is there was a commercial of a kid like going through the course and there was like kind of like the angel and devil on his yes. shoulders screaming. Wow, it's Nickelodeon Super Toy Run. Yeah, five minutes to grab everything at Toys R Us. Okay, I got my running well, shoes get going. on. Go left. No, right. Look, Chess. Go for the video game. One of these would be nice. Twenty would be better. 
Look, telescopes! We'll need that to see all the stars! Hey, out! Out! See the stars, all right! That hurt! Well, get going! I got it! Hey, hey, Kyle! Keep moving! Keep moving! But I gotta grab one of the No, no! Don't take that! Cool. Hey, this could be you. For a chance to win, just send your name, address, age, and phone number to Super Toy Run Sweepstakes, P.O. Box 4901, Orlando, Florida, 32802, or enter at any Toys R Us or Kids R Us. One grand prize winner gets a five-minute toy run at Toys R Us. Fifty first prize winners get a 20-inch Harley-Davidson replica bicycle from Roadmaster. Nickelodeon Super Toy Run is brought to you by Toys R Us. Roadmaster Corporation, and the place where only kids win, Nickelodeon. I did not understand that as a child. Like, the angel was telling him to, like, get things for his family. Yeah. And the devil's like, no, just go video games. (laughs) There's also a roaring group of children. Right. That's your real class. Really? Nickelodeon gets your whole class and buses them in. That's cool. And gives him little t-shirts. And Mr. Wizard did a show for his school. Oh, sweet. Mr. Wizard rocks. So kind of like, you know, you won. But like the rest of your class got a little something something. Yeah. Even if it was just like, oh, you got to go. Mm-hmm. They made sure that you were not unpopular because you were the kid that won <laughs> the Super Toy Run. And people were just like, oh, what a brat. It's like, no, we shared the wealth. And now like... And they told you a few months before your run. Okay. Because um, the the student, or the student, uh, the child who I read his account, he said, like, I'm watching Power Rangers on TV. The phone rings. My mom answers it. And she goes, like, you have a very important phone call. And as soon as I get in the line, a sweet lady begins to ask me if I remembered entering a contest. I said, I think so. And she said, well, I'm from Nickelodeon. And she said, like, no, she's like, I didn't even believe, like, I didn't believe it, much less did my friends believe it. And then apparently the principal did an announcement. Oh, really? Which has got to be the little kid equivalent of, like, it being announced you won the Powerball. Yeah. And he said, like, he did go through this period of, like, you had fake friends for a while. Right. He said he, like, he hooked up his real friends, like, his friends from, you know, prior and obviously Mm. his family. Yeah. But... Like, it was a very weird time because everyone was, like, sucking up to try to get toys from the toy run. Yeah. This is a good, like, young adult book. Oh, yeah. That we could write. <laughs> yeah. Oh, so you won the the Super Toy Run. You know, you should come over and we could play Mortal Kombat together. I don't, I don't have Mortal Kombat, but if I did, it'd be fun to play it together. Right, Moose? <laughs> I love these seven-year-olds trying to manipulate each other over Mortal Kombat. Yeah. <laughs> Which I don't even think Toys R Us carried. Because it was too violent. You're probably right. Yeah, I, don't, I think they didn't carry M-rated games. <laughs> I mean, this is before the rating system. Because uh, Mortal Kombat's the, the game that started the rating system coming out. That and Night Trap. I was about to say, I thought it was Night Trap. It's the two of them. Because it, because Night Trap was the sex example and Mortal Kombat was the violence example. Because Night Trap is 92. We're looking at the 95. Oh, okay. Gotcha. So the uh, ESRB ratings are probably in there by that yeah, point. Yeah, good point. Good point. Uh, I will also say this that... This is the 90s trivia episode of Yeah, Zoomed. apparently. Uh, this is something that is so like ingrained in our culture. Or in, by our culture, I mean our household culture. That 
a super toy run is what we call a quick stop at the market. Oh my God, yes. Like anytime we're like, you know, do we got to go food shopping? I was like, ah, I really don't feel like going food shopping. Let's just do a super toy run, grab the essentials and get out. Well, we were saying that all through the the pandemic. Yeah. uh, You didn't really want to be in the store the whole time. So it always kind of felt like the super toy run. Which is super toy run. And then to the end, very similar in that like after you were done grocery shopping, you'd look at your list and go like, what the hell did I buy? But it's very interesting that that's the reference we choose to go with and not supermarket sweep. Yeah. Because not only like is it more relevant to what we're doing, but supermarket sweep is on again. Yeah. And there hasn't been a super toy run in 15 years. Yeah. I I can't believe this is a thing that no longer exists, to be honest. Like, it's such a good idea. I. It doesn't think- exist because... Toys R Us doesn't exist anymore. Yeah, that's a problem. Like, because you couldn't really do this in a, tar- a big box store. <laughs> because then you'd have, like, the video games are nowhere near the toys in most of these stores. Yeah. And then, like, then you get into the, like, the sad things of, like, you know, would they be pressured to get, like, electronics for the parents? Yeah, and, like, food. Oh, I didn't want to go super sad. <laughs> uh, I wanted to go, like parental manipulation not yeah upsetting oliver twist yeah situations you, you can't do like a super toy run in like a game stop no when everything's too high to, and those stores are yeah, everything's yeah everything's tall <laughs> well and the average game stop is like smaller than our apartment yeah like smaller than our living room yeah five minutes in there you could do a lot of damage also they're almost entirely pop figures now yeah, <laughs> it's like you got 900 Funko Pops and a Switch. And there's a lot of people who would be grateful for that. Yes. <laughs> We're going to welcome to the GameStop Super Toy Run. We're out of PlayStation 5s. We're out of Xbox Ones. But if, I mean, for kids, yeah. they probably want the Nintendo. Let's see what you got. You got a used version of Wipeout for the Wii. Oh, you got a couple of those. All right, all right, you can turn those back in. We'll give you four dollars. We're selling them for twelve thousand. <laughs> well, that's yeah, that's how GameStop would. It was like he cleared out the GameStop with a, a result of over fifty thousand dollars. Oh, you want to trade your stuff back in? We'll give you forty bucks. <laughs> yeah, you couldn't do this now because <laughs> there are no more toys. There's there no, no toy more stores. Toy yeah. stores. And it's interesting, even, like, the toy sections of stores are getting smaller and smaller and smaller. Yeah, I mean, I think toys in general are not it anymore. Because everyone's into video games. Because I remember someone saying on Facebook, like, remember when action figures were your favorite toys and video games were secondary? Yeah. And I was like, oh, yeah, that was true for a while. Yeah, like... Because I remember I got a Game Gear one Christmas because uh, my parents thought Game Boy was secondary because it didn't have color. Right. Uh, Same. So the Game Gear, my parents Mm. felt was the prestige item. Yes. And so I got a Game Gear one Christmas. But I would get like two games and then a bunch of like toys. Right. So I had like Garfield caught in the act, Power Rangers, The Lion King, and Sonic the Hedgehog 2. Yes. And then Power Rangers. I think that's the all the games I owned. That's very similar to my co- collection to, on Game Gear. I had Sonic, I had Power Rangers, and then I had uh, uh, Bugs, Bugs Bunny does a thing. 
I did not own Bugs Bunny dozen. <laughs> I had Garfield dozen. And columns. You didn't have columns? I think columns came with most uh, no, game gears. I got the version that like was bundled with Sonic 2. Ah, uh, gotcha. Because remember they used to give you a game yeah. when you bought the system? Yeah, that's a, that's, that died with the PlayStation 1. Did it? Yeah, because PlayStation 1 didn't come with a game. It came with a demo disc. You know what? I don't think my Game Boy Color came with a game. Yeah. It's just all like, yeah. But since you could play the older bucks. Game Boy games on them. Right. I would go to the, here you go, guys, the Funko Land. The Funko Land. And spend my allowance on like games that were 15 years old mm-hmm. then. Right. To get like a $10 used copy of Tetris. Yeah. Let's, let's get back into Nickelodeon. This is though. so much fun, though. I know. This is great. Uh, let's talk about uh, Nick or Treat. Nick or Treat is wild. Yes. Uh, this was an annual... And this is one of the oldest giveaways they had. Like, they started yes. this in the mid-80s. Uh, according to my research, 1985. Yeah. yeah. That was in mine, too. And they they ran it for a really, really long time. It ran for 17 years, which in kid years is yeah. an institution. Yeah, Absolutely. Like, 17 years, that's, like, two or three generations a kid. I mean, when you're a kid and you're seven, mm-hmm. and that means there's never a time where you there wasn't Nick or Treat. Yeah. Uh, I, I want to say this now. Uh, there's a very good reason why I'm saying Nick or Treat the way I am saying it. Yes. Uh, there's an entire Is This Racist episode on Nick or Treat. Because of this promo. You send a postcard. You practice for weeks. Nick or treat. Now it's time for Nick or treat. Nick's calling 2,500 kids all this week during the Ozone and all morning on Halloween. Answer Nick or treat. And you'll win a glow in the dark Nick t shirt, $5 in gift certificates to McDonald's, and a package of amazing fruit gummy bears. Nick doesn't care how you sit, what you wear, Nick or treat. who you scare. Just make sure you answer Nick or treat. Nick or treat. Nick or treat. Brought to you by McDonald's and Amazing Fruit Gummy Bears and Nickelodeon. That being said, I, I don't think it was intended to be oh, not racist as a giveaway. I, I think, you know, we're talking about kids who would not know that word. Yeah, like this is not. Like I hear it, I do. But like, that's my adult eyes. Like putting a spin on this that is not there. Yeah. I could see, you know, an adult hearing it in, like, the next room and being like, what are you watching? Yeah. And then having it be something completely benign. Uh, the, the thing that I found funniest about this, though, is every once in a while it pops up on Reddit, like, listen to this. I wonder why they don't do this anymore. It ran for 17 years. Like, the ad that you were showing is from 20 years ago, and it ran for 10 more years after this ad. Like, this was not a big deal. You're trying to make it a big deal. Yeah, like, and honestly, it stopped running in 2002 when Nickelodeon Studios closed, when Nick started to pivot away from the, I mean, this we're going to end up kind of going in this direction and talking about this. Nickelodeon itself pivoted heavily. Yeah. In this time. Uh, there, that's why we're kind of only really talking about the ones from the 90s. Because yeah. come the 2000s, it started to really pivot away from that. 
So the original way the contest worked was you had to send in a postcard because there was no internet. And on the postcard, you put your name, address, and your phone number. And then on a certain day near Halloween, they would call and you had to pick up the phone and say, Nick or treat. Yes. Uh, I like there's another ad where it's like, don't say it here. And it's people saying Nick or treat at Thanksgiving or on Santa's lap. They're like, waiting for Halloween. Uh, But like there was an epidemic of kids just saying it on random occasions. But let me just like blast through the prizes here. Okay, so the first year they did it, uh, winners could spend Halloween weekend in Hollywood, California, stay at a special hotel, be driven in a limousine, and earn $500. Plus, they would earn bags of M&Ms. Yes. Along with Gremlins on Viewmaster. You could also, (laughs) runners-up won their weight in M&Ms. Which, you know, kids were like 70 pounds, so they were playing. This is why only kids win. I mean, 70 pounds. That's a that's a pre-teenager right there. <laughs> the kids who were winning this, 50 pounds tops. Yeah. <laughs> like, you're a little seven, eight-year-old. I really think you're not putting the value on the Gremlins Viewmaster. <laughs> I almost bought a Muppets Viewmaster today <laughs> in that candy store. Uh, then in 1988... Uh, <laughs> 1,000 winners could win a Count Ducula comic book. Count Ducula? You, but like, that's, uh, the value of that has to be under $10. Easily. Like. Like, and back then money too. Like a single issue comic wouldn't be $10 today. Yeah. They would also win a, a Play School's Definitely Dinosaur <laughs> Which, so, like, the value of this prize package, under $10. Oh, absolutely. Uh, The next year, 2001 winners uh, went to Arizona for the Sunkissed Fiesta Bowl Parade. Okay. It's a weird prize. Yeah. Because, like, I don't think there were many kids that were like, if I could just go to the Fiesta Bowl Parade. Like, the parade that celebrates a college football event, I'd be so happy. Yeah, I don't know. Like, I was never into football. Right. Even as a child, so. Uh, 1991, uh, a thousand winners could win a Nickelodeon glow-in-the-dark sleeping bag, which is, like, the worst thing I could think of, is something that you sleep in that is bright. Would it be the worst thing if you were scared of the dark as a child? No, I guess not. And glow-in-the-dark stuff in the 90s was clutch. That is true. That is true. It was like magic. And a Pizza Hut gift card worth $10. Which, again, to be fair, for a little kid in the night in 1991, that's your rich. Your kid rich. Yeah, you get to go to Pizza Hut once. Yeah. Of books to get keep my Pizza Hut habit in line, okay? All right, you bring up a good point, but like total value of prize package $25. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, there was also a few other prizes like Capri Suns, yeah, like whatever their uh, their sponsors, uh, yes. Uh, then, uh, 
1992, this is the one from the uh, ad that I played that was on uh, Is It Racist? A glow-in-the-dark Nickelodeon TV shirt, a T-shirt, not a TV shirt, that doesn't exist. Uh, a McDonald's gift certificate for $5. Ooh. And a package of amazing fruit gummy bears. Oh my God. So a $5 McDonald's gift certificate is a burden for a parent. Oh yeah. Because all that means is your kid is going to eat for free. You have to buy McDonald's with your money. Which is why McDonald's was probably very happy to furnish those. Yeah. It was like, I need to get the kids the Happy Meal that I won from Nickelodeon. Also during that week, if someone visited McDonald's, they could say, Nick sent me and get a free package of amazing fruit gummy bears. I know you're not like talking poorly of amazing fruit gummy bears right now. Like I just, I know you're not. I'm not talking poorly about it. I'm simply saying that if you won this competition that thousands of kids entered, you walked away with gummy bears and $5 in McDonald's bucks. But if you won the super toy run, you won $10,000 in toys and a show from Mr. Wizard. Like, think about that in comparison. Gummy bears, though. Yeah, they're great. Don't get me wrong. Gummy bears are fine. I'm just saying in comparison to the Nickelodeon toy run. Oh, yeah. Well, none of these compare to the Nickelodeon toy run. Like, that's kind of our whole thesis here. Yeah. Uh, in 1993, they upped it to $10 in McDonald's gift certificates and a glow-in-the-dark Nickelodeon t-shirt, uh, but no gummy bears. So what would you rather win? The Amazing Fruit Gummy Bears. The Amazing Fruit Gummy Bears. Uh, it says that uh, in this one, you got a call from a cast member of Roundhouse? Yes. Uh, I watched a lot of Roundhouse. I couldn't tell you a single person on Roundhouse. I don't think I could tell you a... I can tell you two things about the show Roundhouse. Is there was the character of Dad who had like a remote control lounge chair. Okay. And there was a special episode where they were just going through all the holidays. And the only part I remember is... One, this like little white girl coming up and going, next up we have Valentine's Day. And the two African-American cast members like walked up on either side of her and just stared at her. And she went, I'm sorry. Next we have Martin Luther King Day. And they both nodded and ran away. That's like really edgy comedy. Right? (laughs) And it's the only thing I remember about Roundhouse. I will say, I remember liking Roundhouse a lot. I liked it too. I liked the theme song. When life gets you so down, you know you can go down. Yeah, I love, oh my God, I loved Roundhouse. So what were the other prizes? So then this is where things shift. Yeah. This is when it becomes a game show of sorts. Yeah. That you played at McDonald's using a self, uh, using a, a, a phone. You played <laughs> it at McDonald's using a phone? Yes. You How'd were- that work? I don't know, but like you were at like the McDonald's station or whatever. They had to choose you because like as the commercial states, it was this like inverted pyramid of like some lucky kids will win uh, some food and stuff like that. 
Some luckier kids will win a party at McDonald's. Some even luckier kids from the party will be chosen to be contestants on Nick or Treat Live. Some really lucky kids will get win various prizes on Nick or Treat Okay, Live. so you had to be at the McDonald's a certain time... The kids from the party, so during the party, they'd pull kids. That's, yeah, that's my understanding of this. Okay, so they, the infrastructure was in place at these parties. Yeah, if you were at the party, you were in the pool to play Nick Orchard. Okay, because I was like, by telephone at a McDonald's, this is way pre-cell phone. Yeah, it's not like you were, like, at the payphone at the McDonald's. Yeah, that's why I, that's why I was confused. Yeah, because there was also a time, I, I, I'm not sure if it was Nick or Treat that did this, but I couldn't find a good video of this. But there was a time where you competed on Nickelodeon via video phone. Mm-hmm. Perhaps on the show U to You. You match. Maybe. But like, it was early, early video phone. So like, it was running at 15 frames a second. Yeah, the slime time you match we watched was... Yeah, and like, you, you would just kind of jerk through... Your motions and your mouth would never match up with the words you were saying. No, it was super laggy. Yeah. Uh, But the way this worked was uh, this weird host that was either a bat or a mummy or a pizza delivery man. Yeah. For reasons I will never understand. Radar the bat. Joey the werewolf. Hunch person. Pizza dude. Pumpkin the jack-o'-lantern. Invisible Guy, Granny, or Fred Newman. And they were all played by Fred Newman. All played by Fred Newman. And basically what Fred Newman would do is he would tell you that you were on a street that had six houses. Yes. And then you would have to say which house, one through six, you wanted to go to. And then your avatar would run down the street being attacked by, like, bats and, like, ghosts. But it was done in a very VR way, so we didn't really see your avatar. Right. And then when you got to the door, Fred Newman would say, ring the doorbell, and you had to hit the pound sign. And that was ringing the doorbell. And you, it would either be an real monster who would say that there are no prizes, or you would win some prizes. I remember as a kid going up to my mom and saying... Mom, in case Nickelodeon calls, what's the pound sign? And she had to be like, it's the tic-tac-toe board. I was like, okay. The hashtag. Well, hashtag wasn't I know. Then. That's just funny because nobody would call it a pound sign now. Exactly. It, you would see it and go, oh, the hashtag. So, uh, the thing about this, this uh, the houses is it was nearly impossible to get to four houses. Yeah, and they had, like, fun, cute, punny names. Yes. And I remember, like, I would try to, like, do the math on things. And I had the strategy of going to house one, six, two, and five. Because four and three were further away. And four was, like, very far away. And four was very far away. And I was like, I think this is the only way you'll get to all... To get to four houses. Like, I remember thinking that as a child. Uh, the prizes included uh, Avril Monsters on VHS. Yep. Uh, Knuckles Chaotic on the Sega Genesis with the 32X add-on. Do you remember this? Yes. There was a time where Sega 
had this idea that instead of like the Nintendo model where you had the NES and then we were done making games for the NES, here's the Super NES, there would be add-ons that you would add to the Sega Genesis, which is why it was called the Genesis. Yeah. Because it was the beginning. And you would put in the 32X add-on, which would add... Instead of being 16-bit, it was now 32-bit. Yeah. And then you could also add the Sega CD uh, port onto it. So, like, the idea that the Genesis is your main console and it just gets bigger uh, was the idea. You could also win Unreal Monsters on the Sega Genesis. Also, a Play School cool toy tool set. Excuse me. Yeah. Which I, I could imagine, like, Play School are baby toys. So I could see being like super disappointed if you were seven or eight. Yeah, you're seven or eight and you hit Ickis, Oblina, and Play School screwdrivers. And uh, you would also win the... I think you could win the systems as well. Like you could win a Sega Genesis with a 32X. Uh, I don't think you could. I, I know you could win it. One person won a television. Was like That was like their big prize was a TV. And you can also win the Unreal Monsters video game. Yes. Yes. I'm sorry. You said uh, Knuckles Chaotic. Okay. Uh, so, and uh, this was all, you know. And kids always went to the Dark Chateau, which was number four. Yes. Which was so far away and didn't always have a prize. I think that they were instructed, like, four's the furthest. So you should probably go there first. Because if you try to go there last, you might not make it. Yeah. Because so many kids went to four. And I was like, no, never go to four. It's too far. One, six, two, five. Yeah. Uh, and uh, this was sponsored by McDonald's and McWorld. McWorld. Do you, re- you remember McWorld? I don't really remember it. Yeah, it was, they, they were trying to be, in, in the 90s, every brand was trying to push like their hip. Right. And this was... Uh, McDonald's. I remember they tried to come up with all of this slang that they wanted you to like. They were trying to do like, the McWorld was ruled by children. Like that was the whole thing with McWorld. Of like, if kids ruled the world. And so they'd have these like slang terms. Yeah. And I remember a few of them. I was actually trying to pull it up to see if they had uh if I could find it, but I remember the Loomster. The Loomster? It was the weird big fry that uh, always include, like, there was always a real big weird fry. Oh my god, I found it. Thank you, Twitter. Um, Kerbo, which is when your mom takes the curve too fast and you all, like, fall over in the back Oh, seat. right. They had their own words. I'm remembering all of this now. Yeah. Um, Something about like when a, a milkshake is so thick, uh, the straw bends was a word. Yeah, that's not in here. It's not in the specific ad I'm looking at. Um, but it was clearly very much trying to get older kids and young teenagers. Yeah, gotcha. Um, so they they have like, you know, oh, plungus in the winter when you can't feel your nose running because your face is too cold. Yes! Oh, I do remember this now. So, they were they were really trying to, like, force their own scenario of, like, oh, this is what if kids ruled the world, 
and you know, this is what it would look like and sound like. And it was this very manufactured slang. And it was, uh, it was totally jerkin. It was totally jerkin, indeed. It was fetch. Uh, <laughs> fetch? I, I always take exception to fetch being included here. Because fetch is at least another teenager. Yeah. Like, I, I think it's more comparable to jerkin. Because it's a corporation trying to force it. Yeah, I guess that makes more sense. Uh, so then we have the next iteration of Nick or, or Treat. This is like the third way to play. And this was, and this is something I don't really remember. During the 101% whiz bang with Henry and June, where they would like host a, well, they weren't hosting Kaplan. They were hosting like a whole block of programming. Yeah. And then what you were supposed to do is watch the shows and then during the shows a spooky image would appear like a ghost or a bat or a pumpkin or a spider and you had to write them down and put it on a postcard and send it in and if you did so you could win a ride in a haunted limousine and the trunk was full of three musketeers i mean there's a lot of things i would do for a car with a trunk Full of Three Musketeers now as an adult. Let's be real. Yeah, I was never a Three Musketeers guy. I'd eat it. All right. And then the final year, uh, Hershey's sponsored a chance to uh, hang out with the cast of All That in a vault of 7,800 Hershey bars. I don't know why that number is important, but from what I saw, that was just what they decided to give away. Yeah, which is fun. Because there was also, like, second place was 500 winners winning 78 uh, Hershey bars. So, like, I guess 78 was important then? Maybe? I don't know if it was, like, the 78th year of Hershey or... That sounds right. Like, the 78th anniversary of Hershey. But, yeah, it was clearly something to do with 78. So, that's what was happening with Nick or Treat. Uh, Let's move on. Okay. So... Uh, there's a couple that we don't have as much about, like Nick takes over your field trip. Center, a broom factory, or a rock quarry. But your next class trip could go somewhere a lot bigger, a lot crazier, and a lot slimier? Yes, you and your class could be going to Orlando and the Nickelodeon Hotel with the Nick Takes Over Your Class Trip sweepstakes. One grand prize winner will become a hero to his or her homeroom. If you win, we'll fly you and your classmates to action-packed Orlando, where you'll stay at the Nickelodeon Family Suites by Holiday Inn for three incredible nights of non-stop Nickness at the most nicked-out place on Earth. Live it up with two gigantic pools, mini-golf, basketball, the arcade, live nightly entertainment, and enough slime for everyone. We'll even send you and your class to one of Orlando's many mind-blowing theme parks. To enter for your chance to win, log on to nick.com slash class trip. The Nick Takes Over Your Class Trip Sweepstakes is brought to you by Orlando. Enter today, and you could be taking the class trip of a lifetime. Yeah, I don't remember this one at all. I found a little bit about it, and Nick Takes Over Your Field Trip was... Essentially, your school trip ended up going to, like, Universal. I almost feel like oh, that was... Oh, excuse me. An Orlando theme park! Because I didn't yeah. tell you which one. You're like, we know it's not Disney World. Yes. They showed, like, maybe it's Busch Gardens. Maybe it's SeaWorld. They did not show a clip of Disney in the ad. No, they did not. Uh, so Because you got to go to the Nickelodeon Hotel, right? Yes, because that was actually one of the big draws. Was And probably why it wasn't 
guaranteed to be universal. Right. Because by this point, Nickelodeon Studios was gone. Right. But your class got to go stay at Nick Hotel. Which, if you're wondering what we mean when we keep referring to the Nick Hotel, watch the Defunct Land. Yeah, they'll it. do it's a very, better job. It's a than really, we will. really. We ever will. Yeah. That brings us very naturally to Nick Takes Over Your School. Yes. Unfortunately, I couldn't find an interview with a kid who it actually happened to. Like, a kid who won. Right. Now, this is not to be confused with Australia ran a program. Yeah, that ran like seven years. Yes. Where they would do like a miniature takeover your school. Where they would come and like do a little game show, do a little field day. Right. And it was a more small scale event. Yeah, but like Mark Summers was there. And you could run through the Double Dare obstacle course. The Australian... Oh, maybe not the Australian one. No, not in the Australian one. The Australian one ran for six years. They were not shipping Mark Summers over there. Mark Summers came to the American contest winner. Yes. Uh, Your whole school day revolved around the event. Like, there was no, like, you went to class for a little bit, and Mm -hmm. then uh, you went to your homeroom and essentially waited for them to show up. Yeah. They would do the obstacle course. Uh, They would do... They would essentially do an assembly... Where they'd make your teachers run the Double Dare course. Yeah. And, and slime them. Yeah. And then you'd get a big concert. Uh, the person who I found that Nick came to their school, LFO performed. So this oh, is toward the end. LFO? Yep. Oh. I like girls who wear Amacrombie and Finch. Take her if I had one wish. She's been cool since that summer. Since that summer. I met that guy once. Yeah. Yeah, a friend of mine knows him and put him in a movie. Okay. And I don't remember what happens, but they made him wear a shirt that said, I'm the guy from LFO on it. Oh my God. <laughs> and Doggy Lips was in that movie too. That is really funny. Yeah, shout out to North Awesometon Bears. If you can find that relic of <laughs> wild... Uh, Wild movie making. Huh, I haven't thought about that in years. Sorry. Anyway. Someone's trying to sell a Nick Takes Over Your School shirt for like $4,000. Uh, one thing that I thought was very interesting, because I remember having these thoughts when we found this uh, commercial, is in the commercial, like they made it seem like it was a hostile takeover of sorts and that they were going to uh, force your teachers to... Uh, do homework. The do whole homework time. and and things like that. I remember seeing this and actually thinking like, "Wow, Nickelodeon is so powerful." Yeah, because the, like the dream they are sending is like, your teachers aren't gonna want you to do this. They're gonna want you to do homework and work on math and spelling. But we're gonna be there, and we're Nickelodeon, so they're gonna listen to us, and we're gonna torture them. <laughs> Now, and they, there's nothing they can do to stop us. Based on the news article I read, uh, they do pick up the winner, and the winner gets to show up on the bus with all the stars. That's awesome. And I found one from, 19, again, 1995. Right. In the Tampa Bay area. And Mike O'Malley and Phil Moore show up, and they plant the big Nickelodeon flag in front of the school. Because they yeah. take it over they the school. They claim it. It's hostile. Uh, yeah, so there's the Double Dare course and then the Guts Obstacle. The kids run the Guts op- Obstacle course. Yes. The Double Dare course tends to be the adults because it's sloppy. Yeah, that makes sense. 
But yeah, they showed kids going through the elastic jungle. And then they have, you know, Keenan, Elisa Reyes, Mark Wiener, and Danny Tamborelli were all yeah. billed at the 1995 one. Well, there's one that Criss Cross performs at. Yes. Criss Cross will make you jump, jump. And there's one that Britney Spears is the, the star. Yes. Which is insane. Like, if you're a high school kid and then Britney Spears shows up, oh my God. Like... <laughs> Yeah, she came to the one in 1999. She's super famous and pretty and only two years older than you. And she is saying, like, when we watch it, it's 1999. So Britney Spears is about to blow up. Yeah. Like, she's singing Baby One More Time. But she's, like, just on the edge. Yeah. So that's kind of this interesting, like, she's a teen star that's absolutely about... About to blow up. About to explode. Now, there's a really good copy pasta that I'm not sure if you found in your research. No. Of someone doing a fictionalized version of Nick Takes Over Your School. Okay. And it was like, yeah, so then I'm sitting in the middle of science class and uh, we're about to take a test and someone dressed as Tommy Pickles ran in and just slimed my teacher, like right in front of me. And then as the story goes on, Nickelodeon's refusing to leave and it's just like forcing people to just constantly be slimed and it goes on for like weeks. It's like a good copy pasta story, like along with I'm going to marry your dad, Ryan, like where it's just like, it's kind of believable at the start. And then it just starts to like devolve into just absolute chaos. I highly recommend it as a, uh, as a read. Yeah. So it's really, really interesting. They'd have a lot of fun. They kind of do this, like, you know, if you if you go to the same school as your sibling, they also bring your sibling with you. Right. Uh, they don't just let them. So they they do this great, like, they really do this great, like, oh, essentially it's another field day. Did you have field day? I school? had field day, yeah. Because I know you went to private school and they didn't always, like... We had field day. We also had rosary day, where we were a living rosary. We had field day. Field day is better. <laughs> um, but, like... There's 180 days of school, and I would reckon at least five to ten of them are those weird throwaway days of like, yeah. they're not really school days. They're like a f- class trip. So this is just one more day like that. Yeah. And even the even the teachers seem to really like it. Uh, they had like, you know, they they cover the teachers in uh, in slime. The teachers play along. Yeah. Like the teachers like will threaten to give you a lot of homework before they get slimed. Oh. They'll be like, I'm going to give you so much. Like the teachers are in on it. Yeah. Like think about this. How much fun would we have had if that was something like. Yeah. Because you and I both taught in classrooms before. Yeah, exactly. And if they were like, hey, you know that lesson you're supposed to do today? You don't have to do it. I'd be like, oh my God, really? And like you also won like Mr. Wizard Science equipment for your school. Yeah, like it actually benefits the school overall, which is really cool. So, which is super, super sweet. Like, yeah. That they do something for the school. And then you could like, other students did win prizes. It was like a really nice little thing to do. Yeah, it's very cool. Uh, but I remember like having the delusion of how powerful Nickelodeon was. 
And that skewed my view of the next thing I want to talk about. Okay. Which is Nick takes over your room. Yes. The place where only kids win is coming to the place that's most important to you, your room. It's Nick's Ultimate Room Sweepstakes, the first sweepstakes that gives you the chance to turn your room into the absolute most ultimate place to be. You want new carpeting, new wallpaper? Pick it out. How about a room full of the hottest audio video equipment? Hook it up. Maybe you want a Nick room with stuff like the roundhouse recliner, complete with side grill. You decide. But first, you've got to enter. Just send your name, address, age, and phone to Nick's Ultimate Room Sweepstakes, P.O. Box 4974, Orlando, Florida, 32802. Then, with the help of Nickelodeon, one grand prize winner will create their ultimate room, spending up to 10,000 big ones, as long as it's cool with the folks. 100 first prize winners will get a Nick chest filled with toys like Blast and Catch and Mongo Bat from Aviva. So enter today, and you may be begging to get sent to your room. Nick's Ultimate Room Sweepstakes is brought to you by Post Coco and Fruity Pebbles Bedrock Shop. And basically, this is a, a contest where if you won, Nickelodeon would make your room really cool. It's like, do you want the ultimate video game room? Do you want, you know, a girly pink room? Do you, do you want, want Arnold's room? Yeah, do you want Arnold's room was, was one of them. And this is the one that I remember making sure I actually got to enter. Because like I was like, I really want to uh, fill out the, the postcard and I made sure my mom sent it in. Because what I wanted to do is I was in this weird situation where I, I shared a room with my sister. But there was a spare bedroom upstairs, but I didn't want to sleep upstairs because my parents were downstairs and it was scary to be without them. Okay. So instead, I wanted to build an addition onto the house that went into our backyard <laughs> that was like huge. And I remember telling uh, my my parents this and they were like, I don't know about this. And I said, they'll do it. They're Nickelodeon. Yeah, because we thought Nickelodeon was all powerful. Yeah. And then I remember later seeing the commercial again and like really paying attention to it. And if you won... You won $5,000, and that was really the end of it. That your parents probably had to pay taxes on. Yeah, and then you just had to go shopping. Yeah. <laughs> and I actually remember, after learning this, I had a nightmare that I won, and we were, like, building this addition, and it was just, like, boards and stuff like that. And then the construction worker being like, well, you're out of money. And leaving, and me just being like half outside in this unfinished room. That you naturally then had to sleep and in. And I had to sleep in, because it was my room. <laughs> because you couldn't sleep in your room. Exactly. So I just remember this nightmare. Uh, but that, that is the saddest thing I've ever heard, that you had a nightmare about winning a contest. Right? So, so that that's just a small one, where it was like, it was a way to give away $5,000, but... To frame it as this is for your ultimate bedroom. Yeah, I, I definitely feel like there's a reason this one didn't run that long. I think it only ran once. Yeah. Stay tuned. I And I think it's because like, if you're a kid and you win $5,000 and your room's not that great, you're probably in a situation where your mom and dad are like, we're not taking this $5,000 windfall and buying crap. <laughs> and buying a race car bed. Yeah, like... No, little Timmy, we're putting it away for college. No, right. we're spending it on bills because we don't 
Like, we need to. Yeah, because I also, I don't remember a, like, look who won package like you got with Nick Takes Over Your School and Super Toy Run, where you got to see the results that the winner had of the kid being like, this is my room before. This is my room now. Thanks, Nickelodeon. I don't remember that ever coming up. No, and like $5,000, like if we're being super honest, maybe $5,000 then, which would have been about uh, $9,000, but like it wouldn't have done, you would have had a kid in like a super fancy room and then like the rest of the house is kind of eh. Yeah, I mean, that's what it would be. Like you would get some posters and like a TV in your room because back in the 90s, the idea of having a TV in your bedroom was like huge. Yeah, I remember the, the, the dream was a phone. And a yeah, a phone's the other big thing. And with your own line, I was I was gonna settle for a phone. Yeah. Oh no, we never. I never had my own phone line. I was fortunately we never had uh, dial up. Right. So I did never deal with the the power and the glory of getting kicked off the phone because someone wanted the internet. Yeah, or vice versa. But yeah, like the idea of being able to like have your own phone. Eventually, I think I boosted a cordless phone from one of the rooms in the house and was like, this is my phone Yeah, now. this will live here. Uh, the other one I want to talk about briefly, because I don't have a lot to say about it, there was a contest to celebrate that Looney Tunes was coming to Nickelodeon. Oh, yeah, I could not find a lot about this. So this one's, this is your jam. I just, I remember this very clearly. And you would watch uh, Nickelodeon, and then all of a sudden, like, the one I remember very specifically was uh, Bugs Bunny running by to catch a fly ball. Yeah. Or uh, Wild E. Coyote like falling and landing on his face, which just happened in front of the show. And I remember for rights reasons, they had to put the copyright of the cartoon on screen. So that would pop up first. Oh my god! So like you'd be watching Hey Dude. And then all of a sudden it's like, what's that little writing? And then all of a sudden Bugs Bunny would run by. And when that happened, you were supposed to call a phone number. And I remember as a kid, I could never get my mom to get me a postcard to send in. But this one was all phone-based. And I was like, oh, I can actually win this one because I don't have to send in a postcard. Uh, so I would see Bugs Bunny. And I remember like calling and it was busy. And then just like hanging up and hitting redial. And I just do it over and over and over and over and over again. And if you did that too much, uh, it would redirect you to the operator. That there's a problem you don't have today, kids. Uh, so like it's me as a kid calling six or seven times, getting busy signals, and then all of a sudden it rings, and then I get hello, and I'm like hi, I just saw Bugs Bunny on Hey Dude, and on the other line is an operator who does not care. Or know what you're... You know, I'm going to say they don't know what you're talking about. They probably did. The, if enough the, kids... The were... person I talked to didn't have any idea. Oh. Because yeah. your operator's like... Your phone operator's semi-local. Right, but I thought if so, enough kids were calling in. Uh, yeah, so I just remember like thinking in that moment that I had won. And it was just some woman being like, you have the wrong number. And I'm like, no, I hit redial. Yeah, like I remember Nickelodeon having this, like, big promo for uh, Looney Tunes coming on. Like, they were super excited, and it was like... They really heavily promoted it, which I thought was really, really interesting. Mm -hmm. Because I'm like, you were promoting 50- to 60-year-old cartoons yeah. this hard. Mm -hmm. 
And I remember, like, you'd see different weird eras of it. Yeah. Of, like, sometimes you'd get the 60s Warner Brothers ones that had the weird, creepy openings that... I have no idea what you're talking about. And the geometric shapes. Oh, my God. They freaked me out really bad. (laughs) I have no idea what you're talking about right now. It was geometric shapes and bra, 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 bra. Bra, bra, bra. I'm going to pull it up. Warner Brothers. Bra, 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 bra intro. Oh, I kind of remember this. Freak me out. I'll send you this video so that you can cut in the... Stop. No. Never again. Okay, now that I made you listen to it, how accurate was the... It was pretty accurate. I do kind of remember the weird, like, VVB thing. Yeah. But, uh, oh, because it, it was a W. Now yeah. I just understood it after oh my gosh. decades. Uh, but, yeah, I, I remember that. I didn't think it was scary, but... It freaked me out when I was a kid, but a lot of things freaked me out as a kid. Right. So, that's all the ones that I had. Did you, is there any more that you've researched that you need to bring up? Uh, there was Slime Time You Match, which was the one we were talking about. Oh, the video right, call. right. And it was essentially a memory game. Yeah. Where they'd have a grid of nine. You'd give two numbers, and it would be a character. And the one we watched, the kid was bad at it. Well, there's this whole problem where the kid would say, like, two and four, and the host would go, four and five. Yeah. I mean, two and four, like, there was so much miscommunication, I'm surprised anybody won. But if you won, you won a bike. Yeah. And someone at Universal Studios got slimed. Yes. So you... And that's... I believe the someone who got slimed was, like, a Nickelodeon personality. Not always. It was usually someone from, like, the crowd of... uh, Universal Studios as well. Yeah, I think sometimes it would, like... And it was never, like, a lead. This is this was also, like, a little after the time period we we're kind of getting yes. into. Because Slime Time Live, I remember, existed, like, when I was in college. And uh, it, was, it was TRL. It was, like, a younger TRL. And, like, they tried to do this thing where it was like, let's see what you guys want to watch. And then we'd cut to a kid being like, I want an episode of Rugrats! Trying to, excuse me, trying to create this feeling of like, via request, here's an episode of Rugrats. Yeah. Uh, The one thing I want to mention about this is during the time that this was on the air, I had a job doing birthday parties as Spider-Man. Yeah. And I remember I did this one kid's party and the kid didn't think I was the real Spider-Man. The kid thought I was Tobey Maguire. That's ah! so much better. So Because he, it upsets you specifically yeah, so much Yeah, because I hate Tobey Maguire. Uh, but he kept asking me stuff like, what was it like when you and Jack Black went down the slide? And I, was, and I remember looking at his mom. I was like, on Slime Time Live, remember when you and Jack Black went down the slime slide? And I was like, yes, of course. It was fun. <laughs> Yeah, it was going down a slide with Jack Black. Yeah, it was amazing. I'm a million dollar actor. And this, that's hysterical, I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the only other note I want to bring up is I remember, and I couldn't find it, a very specific commercial about uh, 
it was like this guy playing the guitar and he was going to try to win something from Nickelodeon. But they would just keep saying, only kids win. Yes. Because I remember the end of it was, so I hung up the phone and I won't try again because it's Nickelodeon where only kids win. And I remember looking at my mom after seeing this commercial once and going, kids rule, always have, always will. Oh my God. And my mom said, well, what about when you grow up and you're no longer a kid? Which was a thought I had never had. And it was like the first time I was ever like, oh my God, one day I want to be an adult. And I'm not, I'm not going to like Nickelodeon anymore. And I won't be able to win the Super Toy Run. Oh. That being said, here I am an adult eating Nickelodeon slime doing a podcast about Nickelodeon game shows. And look, there's Stoop Kid. And Stoop Kid sitting right over there. But like, I remember having that moment of crisis. If you watch this on YouTube, you already saw Stoop Kid because Mm. my ice cream had Stoop Kid in the shot. Mm -hmm. Uh, Yeah, I never really had that like, one day I won't like this anymore feeling. I kind of had this like, very hard-headed of like, I'm going to watch cartoons forever. Right. And I did. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. But one of the things I think needs to be brought up with Nickelodeon is... Uh, we're at this weird age group uh, that Nickelodeon changed right around the time we would have logically been starting to age out. Mm -hmm. Uh, Because I was actually looking at Logopedia because I I think uh, graphic design and logos are super interesting. And in, you know, up through 2003, they had this very, like, specific shade of orange and everything was very cartoony. Yeah. And 2003, they started to, like, desaturate the orange and move away from that design. And then in 2009, they changed out of the balloon font yeah, into I, the current font. I, I kind of realized that kids of our generation, everything was in all caps. And now everything's in lowercase. Yeah. Have you noticed that? Like, what is the deal with that? Oh, because it's easier to text in lowercase. I guess you're right. So lowercase Brit, like it wouldn't surprise me if a lot of younger people now don't really use capital letters the same way as a teacher i can i can testify to that because a lot of times like capital letters are being used for emphasis now yeah uh i see uh, i read a really interesting dialectal article about this once of internet dialect they they were talking about tumblr specifically because this is a few years old but Adjective, exclamation point, character name mm-hmm. to differentiate between like versions of a character. Okay. So if you were talking about, um, we're about to run Loki. So uh, on Disney Plus, you could talk about like main timeline, exclamation point, Loki versus variant, exclamation point, Loki. Oh, okay. Interesting. And the you know you'd know that parlance to be like oh they're talking about this version or this person they'd even use it with uh, different actors like you could see you know Evans Human Torch Jordan Human Torch okay interesting so and capital letters are kind of being used the same way as people are using them in the middle of sentences to emphasize a thing right so it's very very interesting how capitalization has changed. All caps were much more popular in the before times because it was less graphic design you had to do. Yeah. 
because you only really needed the font to look right in all caps. Yeah, that's true. That makes a lot of sense. And now you need it to like look right when you're texting. Uh, so let's run through these uh, real quick. Uh, Nickelodeon Super Toy Run. Stay tuned or stay doomed? Should it come back? Uh, I think it should. I don't know how it would. Yeah, I think it's a stay doomed on grounds that I don't think you could do this because there's no Toy Stories anymore. Maybe, maybe you could do Super Toy Runs in a Lego store. Yeah. But... <laughs> that's not going to make as good a content where it's like, all right, you made it through. What did you get? I, I, I got a bunch of Legos. Right. Yay. Nickelodeon. <laughs> so, yeah, I guess stay doomed on the grounds that it, you can't do yeah. it anymore. Uh, Nick takes over your school. Stay tuned. Yeah, I think, I think that'd be pretty cool right now. But I also think it's a lot harder to do if it's like, but, you know, state tests are coming and we got to get this stuff in. Yeah, I mean, there were standardized tests when we were growing up, but I guess yeah. there's just more of there's them now. There's more of them now. Nick takes over your Zoom call. Oh, <laughs> depressing, but probably happens. Yeah, it'd be cool. Uh, Nick or Treat? They did revive this. Oh, really? They revived it in 2015 on The Splat. Okay. Which was the uh, programming block on Teen Nick dedicated toward retro trips. So it was actually not even for the same audience. Uh, Nick or Treat 2015 edition was definitely more for um, young adults. Yeah. And uh, Nick takes over your room. Stay doomed. Stay doomed. It's dumb. And uh, Legends of the Hidden Temple. Oh, wait, that is coming back. Yes. It'll be on the CW running alongside with Killer Camp. And if you'd like to hear our opinions on season one of Killer Camp, you can check out our Patreon-exclusive episode, The Crowdfund Crypt, on season one of Killer Camp by joining our Patreon. And in joining our Patreon, uh, you also get to talk to us on our Discord. And, yes. uh, and also take part in a yearly, a yearly, a monthly stream. Uh, we, we played an RPG recently. It was super fun. So yeah. Come hang out with us and join our Patreon. What are we watching next week? Um, next week we are watching The Phone. Yes. As voted Which I by- keep almost calling The Call after the Backstreet Boys. No, song. no. Uh, this is The Phone as voted on by our patrons and... Suggested by our crowdfund crypt keeper, Matthew. Thank you for helping keep the lights on here at Stay Doom Studios. Yeah. Where can people find us? Uh, you can find us at the Stay Doomed Show at gmail.com or on Facebook and Twitter at Stay Doomed. And if you had a tragic experience realizing that you were not going to be a kid forever, I'm at Plus Two Comedy. If you want to talk about just the general changes of the evolution of Nickelodeon from the 80s to the 90s to the 2000s. I find that stuff super interesting. I'm at Sprocket League. Until next time, stay doomed. <laughs>